Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fall 2023. My name is Daniela. I'm Nico. My name is Leslie. And my name is Iris. And we are the CAPS Ambassadors here at UTA, part of PodCAPS. Uh, today's topic for this episode, we're talking about adulting and fears of adulting. Um, as college students, we're all transitioning into adult roles, going from high school or our teenage years into um, stepping into an adult role for the very first time. Um, so I would just like to pose the question to my fellow ambassadors here. Uh, what was your transition to adulting like? Um, I would say right now I'm still in the process of that, which I think we all are like in a kind of way like that. And like, for example, I barely got my first job recently. And um, I feel like that's kind of weird to like get into because it's not like I have anything the money is really going towards but it's like I feel like I want to start saving up since I like don't want to be falling behind in that realm um and then like one of the things I'm also debating like as a student um but like as a commuter student is like when is it the time if it's like, worth moving out right now mm-hmm. or if it's like better way to graduate and see where I'm going after school because why would I like find a place around here just to leave in a couple of years, you know? So that's something that kind of raises the questions for me. Um, I think moving out is a really good thing to point out, uh, especially as a commuter student. And I feel like it varies per person. Um, Like some people really need to leave because of their, you know, mental health state. Sometimes like home is not the best place to be at, especially in college. Uh, It's not the best place to study or like, you know, just transition into adulting because sometimes, you know, it is holding you back. Uh, But also finances might not be the best. um, And that's a reason why people don't move out. I feel like for me personally, I'm just saving up. I'm using my parents like rent free. I'm living Mm -hmm. rent free and I'm just using that to save up until I go to grad school. So I told myself that that's where I'll move out and that's where I'll just kind of spread my wings and be completely on my own um, once I go to grad school right now. I guess for me, I'm just using it to save up, basically. Last year, I had moved out pretty much immediately. Um, I had to move out because of my mental health, and I had, like, two jobs. I was holding myself up completely by myself, but that was not sustainable at all, and I I moved back in um, earlier this year. And so now I'm saving up and it feel I kind of felt like I was regressing, but, you know, I'm taking my time saving up my money and despite all that. I feel like my story is a little different in the sense that I'm fortunate enough to have uh, my job, my other job and um, just my fast for cover. Uh, me living at the dorms so when I got the opportunity to I took it to be honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was my first few days into college and I was like I need to move out Mm -hmm. respectfully I need to move out so now it's my second year and um I feel like my first year was a lot more stressful and now it's a lot easier and to the point where like they dropped me off and I was like bye Mm-hmm. last year yeah. I was crying and I was just like I really just want to go back home this year I was like bye I got stuff yeah. to do <laughs> so like it, it's been it's been completely different 
every every time, and I think it'll be different. But am I moving back? I hope not. um yeah and then i think that raises also another question um everyone's parents are different right but i feel like for me my parents would feel like i'm abandoning them and i'm just wanting to go away just to be away from them and like um basically they were really against me moving out for college like they were like no like you're only 18 like and what's the point you just want to be away from us so i feel like there's a guilt that comes with that too. Like either they guilt trip you or like you just, you know, you just feel the guilt yourself. Um, so I was just wondering if that's something you guys experience or how that the conversation with your parents or how, you know, possible conversations with your parents are regarding the topic of moving out and just being more independent. I relate to that a lot. Um, when I moved out, even though I had my own apartment, I was doing everything by myself. I still went to visit every weekend, every single weekend, uh, because I felt guilty leaving them. And they also kept putting that pressure of me visiting every single weekend to keep up with everything that was going on in my home life. Um, I feel like for me, I've been trying to bring the conversation up as soon as I started going here. And um, since my sister also left the house recently, um, my mom just kind of, or my parents think of it as, we're just trying to get out of the house as soon as possible. But I feel like for me, I feel like I'd want to experience more activities and events at school and be able to like hang out with people more often without having to adjust to my parents' schedule. And I feel like it's kind of hard to try to get them to understand that. I'm not trying just to like abandon them and push them away, but I just kind of want to have my own space. So like that's, so I've been trying to have the conversation every once in a while. My mom's is more on board right now but now it's just like waiting for my dad to also be on board and also just discussing if it's like the best financial or like reasonable practical thing to do right now like i mentioned earlier if it was like worth moving out for two years and then trying to find another place again after those two years i it, i think my parents also had similar fears like uh Yiris said um they were like is this the best thing financially and it wasn't like uh now they're I mean, they never, like, opposed to it. They never opposed to me moving out. They just didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we thought you'd still be living at home for, like, yeah. the next four years. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what came as a shock to them because they're like, we never thought we'd have a daughter who live at the dorms. Um, so I was more so the shock, but it was uh, – and secondly, it was more so, like, the financial aspect. They were like, is this – and do we have enough money to cover this? But at the end of the day, like, you're making that an hour commute, and that's gas and a mm-hmm. car. So I'm like, at the end of the day, they were like, it's still worth it because gas was expensive during that summer. Yeah. So they were like, respectfully, I think we agree too. Mm-hmm. Do I feel guilt? I think I feel more guilt now that I'm in my second year of, mo- of like, moved out because, like, I don't – I have stuff to do now. Like, I don't always just, like, go back home. Before I think I went back home because – like, also, like, I miss my parents, but, like, also, I didn't have anything scheduled on the weekend. Like, mm-hmm. I had nobody to go and see. So, like, yeah. now I have people to go and see and, like, stuff to do. And, like, I'll plan out my schedule. And I'll be, like, I'm mm-hmm. not coming home this week. And now sometimes it's, like, a little bit longer than they expected. But I'm, like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I got yeah. people to see. And I think that's, like, a boundary, letting your parents know, like, hey, I have stuff to do. Like, you're not the only people that I see now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Even though I still live at home, like, I set that boundary with my parents. And now they know because I'm – honestly, I spend little time at home. I feel like I only go there to sleep (laughs) Um, uh, because I'm always out either at school, at work. And then on the weekends, I go out. Like, my mom tells me, she's like, that's why you're always exhausted because you, like, don't rest. Um, But, yeah, so then – but I think they get it. But for my parents, it took them a while, like – I'm 22 now, and they're finally just, like, like okay with, like, me, like, doing my own thing and realizing, like, you know, she's not, we can't always, like, hold her by her hand. Um, and even now, like, talking to my mom about grad school, since I'm getting ready to apply, um, I can still, like, see her face, like, it's like she's she accepts it, but she hopes that I wouldn't leave, and, yeah, like, she hopes that I stay somewhere close and it's like she doesn't want to tell me that because I told her how before for like undergrad it felt like they were holding me back like not wanting to let me go so I think now she's like she's trying to like you know just cope on her own like being like she's an adult like she's got it um and then I also think it's a culture thing as well like um like us that we're not you know like in America like I feel like it's very normal or, you know, they're, like, once they turn 18, they leave, yeah. and that's it. But I think in, like, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, like, culture, like, it's not like that. Especially if your parents have not gone through college. Like, yeah. they've never, like, stayed at a dorm. They're like, what is that? Like, why are you going to go stay to a city you've never been at before? Um, so, yeah. So, I think it also has, like, a culture aspect um, to do with it. Adding on to that. Uh, my mom just recently told me she's like well when you moved out for the first week she's like I was nervous I was nervous Mm -hmm. the whole week and the week before leading up to that but she never told me that so I think I mean she was trying to be supportive just because like she knew this is something I wanted and like she's still supportive about it now Mm -hmm. but like obviously like she like she had gone through college but she was like still at home for college Mm -hmm. she she got her associates but she was still at home yeah and I'm here at the dorms like getting my whole education yeah. She's like, I didn't know what to expect. So yeah, I like, and I think if, if if you're first gen, that comes with it, that fear of your parents. Like, no one's ever done that before. Like, they're just like, I don't know what that looks like. Um, And I think they just get a lot of anxiety. Like, I really do put myself in their shoes, even though I'm not a parent. But, like, I can imagine how it feels to, like, let a piece of your heart go, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um, just switching gears a little bit, um, I just wanted to post the question about what were you guys' fears personally going into adulting? I know we've talked about kind of more of our parents' fears, um, but what were you guys' fears? Um, I think one of mine, like as an older sibling and having like a younger sibling at home, it feels like, because it's only me and like a younger brother at home. So I feel like when I move out, then my, you know, my brother's like left alone to do nothing. You know, I'm like his friend at home, you know, when he's not out with his friends or when I'm not out with my friends. So it feels like I'm like leaving him alone in the house to deal with like two adults, which would be kind of weird. And I feel like that's like a fear that I have that he feels like I'm just trying to run away from him when it's just me trying to be more independent. Um, so then it's like then I have to start scheduling time with him separately because it's not the same as like living together. So I think that's like a fear of like trying to not trying to lose that connection, even though sometimes, you know, 
as a sibling, you can always get annoyed, but it's like, I don't want to not have time for him anymore. Um, and then I think something in general is like being scared of making appointments for myself, like doctor and dentist appointments. Cause I've been like, I go to my orthodontist, <laughs> like my, <laughs> my retainer fell out. And then we went to California for the summer. I just never got back. And like today, I think they called me and it's been like a couple of months. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I don't need to go. It's fine. But then my other, like the daily retainer, it also broke. So like I just haven't been keeping up with that. So it's like, oops. I also share with some of the experience. I only see uh, my psychiatrist every few months because I keep on ghosting her. Mm-hmm. I keep on ghosting her, and I don't mean to do it intentionally. It's just like she wants me to see her during the summer, mm-hmm. and I am working during the summer. I am mm-hmm. working with kids. Like I don't got no break. <laughs> like yeah. my life is kids. So she sees me every few months, and she's like, "How are you doing with your medication?" And I'm like, "I'm doing good." She's like, "All right." She's like, I guess I won't be seeing you for the next few months. I'm like, no, you will not. (laughs) And it's not because I don't care. It's just like, it's opposed to therapy. A therapy is like every week. And she's like every six weeks. So I'm like, I keep forgetting. Mm -hmm. It's not because I don't mean to. I just keep forgetting. Yeah. And I think we sometimes see it as silly. Like, like, oh, I don't want to call to make an appointment. But it's really real. Like, it's really nerve wracking (laughs) to like, call your doctor, call your dentist. Like, just recently, my mom actually called the doctor for me to make an appointment. And I just said the excuse, like, oh, I'm in class all day. Can you make it for me? But it was really just because, like, (laughs) I just wanted her to call instead. Uh, And I think something, it's funny, something that's helped me with that is getting my dog because who's going to make her vet appointments? Like, she relies on me, so I... I've gotten over, like, my phone anxiety a bit um, by getting my dog because I have to make her vet appointments and, like, her grooming appointments. So, in a way, that's helped me adult a little, like, having, like, a like a pet child because she's basically my child. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to what you said, I relate um, on the sibling thing uh, because my I have two little sisters that are very much younger than me. One is 13 and one is 6. So, they're much younger they're middle school and elementary so it's like they still want to be around me but since I'm barely home I feel like they've gotten closer and then I'm kind of just like there so then sometimes I try to also make time for them and also like take them out on the weekends and just try to spend time with them because I don't want them to just be like oh my sister like is barely around like I don't get to talk to her so I still you know try to make time for them and like, even though I'm the adult between them two, um, I don't want to, like, lose the connection that I have with them. What I try to do with that, because, like, honestly, when I'm home, I sleep. So, like, I try to schedule days where, like, me and my sister go to the mall. We just go mm-hmm. and walk around and go do something. But, like, she'll come here and she'll just spend the day. So, just, like, to make sure that, like, I am getting time with my sister. Cause sometimes I'm at home and I'm just... And I'm just dead asleep. Mm-hmm. I just go to sleep. And so, like, I just try to schedule the days. I'm like, hey, like, you, uh, before I move, before I move uh, back in for the second time, I was like, you want to go do something the week before just to make sure, like, because mm-hmm. you're not going to, she wasn't going to see me for, like, till the next month. So I was like, I got stuff. Like, you want to go do something? And it's usually just me paying for stuff and, like, going to walk around. Yeah. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
her money is her money, but my money is her money. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's just the whole day where we just kind of spend it together. And she kind of tells me like what she's doing in school or like she'll come, she'll come and drop me off here and she'll come and help me get my stuff inside. And like, Mm -hmm. she'll just tell me about her week. And sometimes she tells me about things that she could have just told me at home. Because it's some good tea. And then I'm like, dang, you told me this in the last five minutes before I see you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's how I try to solve my fear of, like, leaving my younger sister behind. Or, mm-hmm. like, I, like, now that she's going to my high school, um, I'm really excited and I was waiting for it. So, like, I try to send her stuff and just, like, mm-hmm. if they're having fundraisers or something, um, like, I'll try to send her stuff and, like, she'll get be informed and just kind of, like, a way that I can connect with her. Yeah, like... I try to include my sisters in my stuff and try to be involved in theirs. Um, like, all I actually brought my family to campus one time, like, literally on a weekend, but just to, like, show them around, basically. Like, I'm like, oh, this is where I hang out. So just to make them feel like they're part of it, because, I mean, they are part of it, but since I'm always here away from them, they may feel like a disconnect. So just trying to, like, include them and show them things. Like, whenever we have events, like, our little stress balls, like, I'll take some for my sisters or, like, the free stuff that we get. Like, I'll take it to them, um, you know, just so they feel happy that, you know, I brought something back for them. Yeah. I have a younger brother who's 12 years old. And when I had moved out, my biggest fear was him not having his, like, best friend at home. He copies me a lot. He's starting to grow out his hair, too, <laughs> because of me. Um, and But that was my big fear of like just leaving him alone and because he's he's kind of a loner, too. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, for like the first semester that I was here, he would al- always be texting me during class. He'd be sending me these mm-hmm. little doodles that he'd be drawing mm-hmm. during class. And I would try to make time to play video games with him, mm-hmm. like online, uh, on the Nintendo Switch, stuff like that. Yeah. And but it still I still felt like there was some kind of disconnect. I feel like I wasn't even doing enough for him. And mm-hmm. now that I'm back home, I feel like there's still that bit of a disconnect, but I'm trying to reconnect it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sibling um relationships are really important. So it's like, you know, you're always going to be related to them. You're always going to be tied to them. So it's important to just like foster those relationships and keeping them close um because also i imagine my sisters one day you know they may not come here exactly but you know they'll maybe want to go to college so they're they're gonna remember like oh my sister used to do this this and that so so yeah so i think they're really important um does anyone want to share other fears that they had i feel like for me it's like trying to start driving and stuff and it's like we only have two cars at home so even if i do start driving it's like i don't have a car to drive then it's like i can't get a car without knowing how to drive because well i just have a car sitting there so it's like very like weird to like kind of start like searching for that and like when to like get those at the same time where it's not inconvenient for either one because i feel like um because my mom's at home my brother will be at, sc- at school and say she needs to go pick him up and if i have the car over here and my dad's at work what's he gonna do like uber him home like it's not a lot of options with that but like i think it would be like useful when going to work and stuff you know because you know when i go to work it's usually whenever someone's at home or you know it doesn't overlap like that but it's like whenever at school i'm leaving at four and three 
four or five and my brother gets out like at 3 20 he takes the bus sometimes but then sometimes he has golf practice and things yeah. like that and you can't always just rely on it just working out you know yeah i think i have a similar fear like i have fr- luckily i have friends who are kind enough to drive me but sometimes i feel like like i'm here and my family's an hour away and like I, I, as much as I want to, like, finish learning how to drive, I can't because mm-hmm. it gets in the way. So, like, I have that whole summer, and, like, I'm also working during that summer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can only do so much, and it's just, like, now that I guess, like, I have friends who drive, like, I just kind of, like, I guess a FOMO of it. Like, I feel like I'm not being adult mm-hmm. enough because I don't have a car mm-hmm. to yeah. drive myself to these places, yeah. and I'm, like, I really just want a car. Like, I really mm-hmm. just want to drive, but I'm, like, I'm supposed to also finish my driver's license in order to have one, and then I'm supposed to get my own car. Like, yeah. Yeah. as much as my parents want to help me, and they are helping me, but I'm like, they're still like, you got to pay up your half, and I'm like, I respect that, and I will, mm. but I still need to finish how to, <laughs> still need to get my driver's license in order yeah. to get the car. It's like a circle. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, circle. it's funny that you guys bring the driving thing up, because I learned, in my eyes, I learned how to drive pretty late in the game. It was like, I was almost 19 when I learned how to drive and all my friends from high school were already driving. Like everyone had their like own car. Or they were at least driving their parents' cars. And like I, my mom was still taking me to, to college. My mom was taking me, she would be driving me to community college and then I would have to wait for her outside. And I just felt like it was like high school all over again. Right. Um, because I was just, waiting for her outside while everyone would go to their cars um but then i realized you know like everyone learns at their own pace everyone adults differently um uh but i think it's just like that peer pressure right of seeing others like a quote-unquote adulting better than you um but like getting a car getting a license finding a car like insurance all of that is just a lot of work like i even though i drive now i cannot be doing it without my parents help like i'm on their insurance like my car is under their name like i can't imagine myself doing those things on my own maybe one day but not right now (laughs) yeah um and i guess that that transitions into at what point did you realize you needed to be an adult um because i felt like for me it sort of started when i started driving and i started college uh, when I realized no one was there to tell me what to do. Um, like I remember for freshman like um, registration when I needed to register for my classes, I had no idea what to do. So my mom drove me to admissions and she was like, okay, like it's in there. And I was like, you're not going to come with me. <laughs> like, and she was like, no, like you're an, a young adult now. Like you're going to do it on your own. So I think that's when it hit like freshman year of, um college and just realizing like oh like i don't have anyone telling me what to do it's on me um so i was just wondering at what point did you guys realize like you had to start adulting um i think around the first year of college i could agree on that because like since i was in a do credit school i kind of had someone help me through that so i kind of had some idea but then coming here it's like i don't have someone holding my hand at school anymore my parents didn't like help me at school because I already had someone you know I already had the high school people doing that so it's like they're just kind of like okay you're at college now 
you know what you're doing. We trust you. I'm like, thanks. I'll figure it out too. You know? And it's like, they don't really know. They don't know. They, I know more than them. So even if I wanted them to help, they really couldn't. You know? It's just like, Google it. We could just look at the computer together and stare at it and see what's going on. But like, in reality, it's like, okay, I need to take care of college stuff. I need to look for internships or jobs and like, I need to find my career path because they don't know anything about the career path I want to go into. And they keep asking me about it. So I'm like, okay, so it's my job to figure it out because how will they figure it out when they don't know what's going on? And then another where it's like whenever I had to keep getting driven around by my friends or by my parents to go hang out to places or to go anywhere. And it's like, okay, I don't think I can keep doing this the rest of my life. You know, I can't rely on someone taking me somewhere. Um, Cause like that another day, another day, the other day, um, I went to hang out with my friends at the buffet over here. And I usually text my one friend who always drives me. He's like, oh, can I get a ride? He's like, I'm in Fort Worth right now. I'm like, oh, I guess my dad will drive me. You know, it was kind of like <laughs> embarrassing thing. I can't rely on this one person anymore. You know, everyone has a life. And then my other two friends, they don't feel comfortable with people driving in their car. So it's like, I need to not rely on a backup plan. That's why I'm like, okay, so now I need to start getting on top of my stuff and getting that down. And then it's just, I'm like, I don't have a job right now. So my money is basically school money only. And I can't keep using school money because then I need to save up on that. So I'm like, okay, let me get a job. I got it. First job. I'm really excited about. Yeah. yeah. You're making progress. Yeah, making progress. Yeah. So like, those are the kind of things where I'm like, okay, I need to start doing things. Yeah. I kind of realized I had to be an adult a little bit before I went into college. Um, I'm trans, obviously. Um, and, uh, I started HRT, hormone replacement therapy, pretty much as soon as I turned 18, I started that process all by myself. Um, and it was very comp, it was just very complicated. And I also had to go into doing my own name change, my gender marker change. And I didn't have anyone to help me for that. I I wanted to get these done, these things done as soon as possible. And I tried to get them done as before I went into college, mm-hmm. and it it was just a, a complicated thing that I realized I had to become an adult for. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. For me, well, I mean, cause I'm I'm a I'm a question person. So I don't know something. I'll ask questions, but I guess the first time I did something by myself, like completely just adulted in a way. Um, was uh, actually when I because I've talked to my friends about my mental health and they weren't as accepting so like I mm-hmm. never brought up that conversation again but like when I was sitting there at uh, orientation for freshman year uh, I saw that they had caps in so mm-hmm. <laughs> by my third day of school I called and like I did that all by myself and like I started um, it took like a good semester before I even like started taking mm-hmm. um medication for ocd so like mm-hmm. i had it in my backpack knowing my parents wouldn't approve and like my heart mm-hmm. was pounding the first few week- the first week i didn't take it at all the first week yeah and like i was honest with my psychiatrist i was like respectfully i didn't take it at all the first week but i took it the second week and like i've been taking it now since then mm-hmm. and i like i've kind of accepted like hey like there's some things i need to do for myself that my parents want to approve of but at the end of the day it's for me like, nobody yeah. else needs to know. Like, as long as I'm happy with it and I'm at peace with it, like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, I really 
relate to what you just said about mental health because my parents were very close-minded about that i first brought up the topic i think i was probably like 16 and i just said like you know i feel like i need therapy because when you're underage like you need your parents right Mm -hmm. and they were just really against it like they were like for what like why like that's not for you so i told myself as soon as i turn 18 Mm -hmm. like i will seek help by myself and that's exactly what i did i think i was like a week like i had just turned like it had been a week since i had just turned 18 and i found my first therapist and i like started having um therapy sessions but it was during covid so you had to have them online right so i i was like okay i can either lie to my parents and just say i'm in some other sort of meeting or i can just be honest and just say it so during that time is when i just started being like straight up honest like telling them this is what i'm doing and i'm doing that for me like for my mental health because i you know, obviously feel like I need it and you guys are not going to support me on it. Now that I can do it by myself, then I'm going to do it. So I think that year I really, uh, I really did step into an adult role by standing up to adults, you know, like mm-hmm. to my parents um, and just trying to educate them about mental health and for them to stop being so close minded about it and more accepting of it. Um, Because I feel like a lot of the times it's just lack of education, too, and, like, lack of knowing. Um, And it did cause a lot of arguments, and I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. But fast forward to now, they're very accepting of it, and they even took my sister to therapy. Like, it's it was family therapy, so it was a really, like, big step. And that's when I realized, like, all the work that I've done over the years, like, trying to educate you guys has worked. Even though in the moment, it felt like it was useless. Um, So I think that was a huge thing for me, just standing up to them. Because I have always been scared to, like, uh, like disagree with them. Because, you know, they're your parents and they, like, you just get scared to disagree and, like, you know, start fights with them and stuff. Um, But, yeah, that was, like, a really huge, um, like, moment where I felt like, oh, like, I'm adulting. Like, I'm standing up for myself. And not only for myself, but also for my siblings to kind of, like, pave the way, you know. Um, but, yeah. Would anyone like to add anything else? Um, yeah, I started uh, therapy when I was, I think, 10. But that was because the school basically forced me into oh. it. Um, but my parents were against it. And when mm. once I left that school, it was, you know, that uphill battle of trying to get into therapy and trying to convince my parents to go into therapy, mm-hmm. to go into therapy too. But uh, it was also a thing of having my parents pick the therapist that they mm-hmm. wanted specifically for me. Yeah. And not being compatible with that therapist. Mm. And it was just even more arguments and whatnot. Yeah. And I had that same mindset of as soon as I turn 18, I'm going to go back into therapy. Yeah. And yeah. Y'all were really brave. I brought the subject up like three times and I have never brought it up again. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I brought it up for me and then I brought it up for other shoes and then I brought it back up for me. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. And I had I had the, the first therapist I have, she was like, why don't you tell your parents? Why don't you tell your parents? Why don't you tell your mm-hmm. parents? I was like, respectfully, I've already brought it up already. I don't, I don't yeah. know how much it's going to change. I'm just going to keep on marking the boat. 
Mm-hmm. And I have listening therapist now. And literally, it was, I ha- I've had her since last year. And I told her last year, I was like, no. And she's like, no. And she's like, you get it? She's like, I get it. And she's like, yeah. okay. So she was like, mm-hmm. she's like, you're not going to get anything productive out of it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah, because no, it's not. not always easy. Like, it really is not easy. So, and like people just telling you, like, tell your parents, tell your parents. Like, it's that's not a helpful thing. So sometimes it's just better to just work on yourself by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they want to change, then it's on them. If they don't, then, you know, you can only do so much, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just switching gears a little bit again, because um, as an adult, you do have to keep yourself accountable a lot. Because like we mentioned, no one's there holding your hand. You're on your own. Um so what things do you guys do to hold yourself accountable for your own responsibilities? Um, for me, I tell my girlfriend, so then she tells me, so then, like, <laughs> like if I tell my parents, it's different, because I'm like, I don't want to hear my mom tell me, but I was like, if she tells me, like, okay, yeah, okay, you're right, you have a point. Like, yeah. like, when homework, like, I have, not guilt, but, like, I'm like if I don't want to do it, like, she'll look at me and, and be, like, she'll understand if I really don't, like, have the, like, capacity to do it or if I'm just being lazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of helps push me, like, like, dang it, I know you would rather me do it right now because I'm awake, I'm able to, I just kind of don't want to. So, kind of that helps push me yeah. or it's, like, like that's kind of what helps me with. And then also for, like, taking time for myself where, you know, if I want to relax, you know, she doesn't. Uh, make it seem like I'm being lazy yeah. like when like I feel like with my parents whenever I'm doing something that's not and I'm just like watching tv or something they see it as like flopping or like mm-hmm. being lazy so it's like whenever I am able to do that around other people like friends and her you know or my girlfriend you know it makes me feel like not guilty with that mm-hmm. and that's like something like I really appreciate you know yeah. um yeah on the topic of that because I think our parents are or at least you know I can only speak for myself but a lot of like parents are used to being hyper productive and it's like you always have to be doing something so to me that's very engraved so I am always doing something I am very busy but I sometimes have to remind myself like hey like it's okay to stop and just like rest because I feel like if I'm not if I'm just like laying watching tv but I'm just being lazy when it's like you know that's a form of self-care um yeah yeah i had to change my mindset of that i always being hyper productive mm-hmm. um because that's something that my parents instilled in me and mm-hmm. the other day my dad was telling my mom i don't like you sitting in like for four hours a day watching tv or whatever mm-hmm. and my mother doesn't work uh so i mean come on <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah no much else to do yeah <laughs> But I had to change that mindset and I had to realize, okay, me mm-hmm. not doing something or me not taking care of something immediately isn't isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It, I have to do these things and there's bigger consequences um, to them, but I can take a break and mm-hmm. it's allowed. Yeah. I have my calendar. I mm-hmm. I stress that out to people. I'm like, if it's not on my calendar, you won't see me there. Same. <laughs> Respectfully. Yeah. Like it is it is detailed and it's like pinned to my tab. Like mm-hmm. everything is yeah. on there. 
so me. that's how, that's how it works for me but also like i have the same thing instilled in me like if you're not doing something mm. then you're just being lazy and like i've been working on it and now it's gotten to a point where like i'll take my afternoon naps before my evening class mm-hmm. like i need it and like i literally told a partner we were doing a group project and i was like okay well after this i'm gonna go eat and then i'm gonna go take my nap Mm -hmm. like you're gonna go take a nap and i'm like yes i need it i'm gonna go take my nap like i don't i don't know what you may think about it but (laughs) respectfully like i'm here and there and everywhere yeah literally like not just for me but like for sorority stuff work stuff like i'm here there and everywhere and as flexible as my schedule is i am tired by the end of the day so i need a nap yeah it's like i don't know why after kindergarten like nap time goes away (laughs) because it's like we all need it like i feel like i personally feel really refreshed if i take like an hour nap um like i just feel like everyone should do it you know um but yeah i use my calendar too it's very packed and very detailed it does keep me accountable i also like make a checklist on my ipad like i prioritize like things to do immediately like things that can wait um i also be using sticky notes I use my phone reminder. Like, I just keep myself accountable a bunch of ways. I'm also a part of TRIO. So, shout out to my academic coach, Crystal, because she keeps me accountable, too. Um, During my, like, appointments with her, she'll tell me, like, what do you want to work on? And I, like, I recently told her, like, I want to work on sleep and budgeting. And those are things that I've told myself I want to work on for a long time. So she told me, she was like, we're starting a like a form and I'm writing these down. She's like, I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold you accountable. And next time we have an appointment, like she'll ask me, like, how is it going? So I feel like if someone's like asking me about it, like you don't want to disappoint. And you don't want to be like, well, it's still bad. And it's been like a month since I've talked to her. So I feel like that keeps me accountable, just having someone, like, checking in with me and asking about, like, how's your sleep? Like, how's your budgeting going? Um, I feel like that really helps a lot. Can I talk to Crystal? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I think it's very different to have someone who kind of is, like, trying to help you instead of, like, judging you in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, to have someone who's, like, on your team trying to help you do better instead of just, like, telling you to do better, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that kind of thing is really helpful in, like, growth and stuff mm-hmm. instead of having, like, it's, like, we've been talking about parents a lot. We're, like, having parents just thinking, oh, what, just do better, you know? Yeah. Or, like, you know, it's easy. Do this, this, is It's so easy, blah, blah, blah. And then it's, like, having someone, like, understanding your struggles and trying to help you with it, I think that's what really helps a lot of people instead of just, yeah. like, do it, you know? Yeah. At this point, um, I'm back in therapy, and my therapist is the one who holds me accountable. She's the one who asks mm-hmm. about how my sleep is doing, how I'm doing with uh, homework and whatnot, and it helps. It helps having someone there who is encouraging you to do your best and who mm-hmm. is rooting for you. Yeah, yeah. I think therapists are also very helpful, um, especially for your mental health. Um, and yeah, just knowing what resources are out there or what things work for you, because like, a digital calendar might not work for everyone. Some people are better writing it down. Um, so just knowing what works Kudos for to you. those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we've we talked about um, 
feeling lazy because we're not being productive but that's sort of an example of putting yourself first like watching tv or having an hour of tiktok or more um <laughs> so uh when when did you start putting yourself first and how did that transition go i think also move like because i would go home every weekend when i first moved out but like once i got to the second semester like uh i was officially doing sorority stuff not just that but like i also wanted to study because when i get home i don't study like that, that i i just don't like i will take yeah. my naps i will hang out with my sister and my parents but like i won't study so mm-hmm. i'm like the, it it's gotten to a point where like i've scheduled that weekend where i'm like hey like i'm not coming home like i really just need to study and like mm-hmm. i literally spent the like the whole day at the library like even if i was just sitting there like as long as i'm sitting there and forcing myself to mm. like not move out of this chair until i do it like it's still it's the way i've always done it and it's worked out so far so like i just need those times to like just like put myself first not just in the sense of grades but like being able to like be like hey like i'm not coming home because i got stuff to do i got like i want to study but also like just by myself for a little bit yeah I started putting myself first when I started um, my medical transition. I didn't have the support from my parents at the time, and I realized that I had to make this decision by myself. It was something that I, only I needed to prove of if I wanted it. Um, I think for me is like um, last semester and like throughout high school, I'd always be busy doing homework, mm-hmm. and I'd always just find a way to like feel like if I'm not doing homework, I'm doing anything like important Mm -hmm. so it's like this semester is really really chill for me and like now I'm like taking that time to enjoy it without feeling like oh I'm not doing extra work but it's like because I'm not not usually someone who studies so I'm like why would I start now just have time you know (laughs) but like taking notes and stuff is good enough for me Mm -hmm. and it's like this like semester really gives me time to myself and to enjoy hobbies like again like reading I've been recently starting reading again, like, almost, like, when summer was ending. And, like, that's something I want to keep up with. Because I already finished, like, two books, and I'm really proud of myself for that. Pat my back for that. And it's, like, I'm able to enjoy that without feeling guilty because I'm, like, I I did my work. I don't have much work to do. And I enjoy giving myself this time now since I have it, you know. So now it's just having to transition to be able to put that time in when I have a busier schedule, like maybe next semester, you know. Yeah. Since I'm really busy during the week, something I do is Sundays, I don't look at my laptop. Like, I don't even open it. Um, Like, Sundays are my me days. Even though I I work on the weekend, so I I still go to work. But my job's really chill. Honestly, it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, Sundays, I don't look at anything academic. Is you know, I just go do something else. Like, go out to eat with my friends um go hiking with my dog do hot yoga like just anything but school um and it feels really like freeing to be honest but in the back of my mind I'm always like something is due today (laughs) like probably or I should be doing something but I'm slowly like you know starting to accept that it's okay to not always like be doing schoolwork like it's okay to take a day to yourself take a rest day like things will get done like I feel like our lives are really chaotic and, like, really busy that we forget, like, we're still 
people that need like self-care and need something fun like whether it's reading or just sitting and watching tv watching a movie like you know you still just need that time for yourself um and then something really uh fun to point out is uh whenever you make the switch from asking your parents to go somewhere to telling them i started doing that after high school and it was honestly really freeing i recommended i just started telling them uh and like the best way that i see it transitioning is how i did it it was um i would i stopped asking for permission but i would still tell them like i'm going here with this person from this time and then it slowly starts like you know decreasing like you start being like you know i'm going here and then now i just tell them i'll be back <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I mean, maybe, I don't know, because for the first year, my first year was really sucky, but once it got into, like, my second semester, and, like, uh, like, I tell my parents, I'm like, oh, like, I'm going here and there, like, even if it wasn't asking, like, them to go places, I don't know, like, it just, I guess, like, still holding on to that connection of, like, I'm supposed to ask them, in a sense, so I'd be like, oh, I'm going here and here. And now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I did this and this and this and that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you went there? And I'm like, yeah, I went there. And they or sometimes they'll just call me and I'm like, hey, like I'm at this and this place or I'm eating Olive Garden with this person or I'm going out with it or I went out last last night with uh, this person and just kind of like being more so like, hey, like this is what I did. Like, I'm still here, say, but, like, this is what I did, and, like, I'll be back later, even though you live, like, an hour away. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, it's, like, whenever I ask something, I feel like I had to do something in return. Mm-hmm. It's, like, oh, clean first, this is, this is first. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I ask, I'm, like, okay, so I'm asking, I need to know that there's a chance of there being a no, mm-hmm. right? So then I'm, like, what if I just, like, just tell them and see what happens? I tell them, like, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang out when later Two, this, this, and this. Okay. And I was like, think about it. They're like, I don't think they realize that my word changed. Because my mom was like, oh, yeah, I do whatever. And my dad's kind of like, I'll think about it. But in my head, I'm like, no, you're not. I'm going. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter, you know. But I think it's like, it was really, it feels really freeing. Cause I feel like I could do a lot more without having to worry about if I can go or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, yeah, so and so's coming over. And they're like. Or sometimes I know for a week I tell them, like, last minute. Cause, like, yeah. I don't really want to ask. I'm like, what's the point of asking? Because they're going to do it anyways. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. my friend's here. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, go upstairs and watch a movie. Surprise! Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my parents never really said no to me going out because I rarely ever went out. Mm-hmm. But I still had that fear of, they're gonna say no. They're gonna do something. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. So I would always do a chore beforehand, and <laughs> but now I'm transitioning to that, saying I'm going out, doing mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and it's so much better. So yeah, much better. I think that gives a lot of anxiety because for me, even if my parents would say yes, like my mom would be texting me, like she'll be like, "What time are you coming home? Be back by eight. Like to my parents, like eight p.m. is it's it's late already because they're early birds like they go to sleep really early and wake up really early um so i would always have that anxiety like oh my god what time is it like i need to be home by this time i remember in high school going to the movies and sometimes i couldn't even finish watching the movie because like they'll be like 
it's late already like we want you home so it's like i think that just gives a lot of anxiety and that's why you feel really free once you like stop worrying about you know your parents like approval yeah mm, i think i mean i i talk to my parents don't say about everything but it's more so like i guess when i'm going out with people when i'm going to places stay safe kids when i'm going out to places uh i just kind of i mean i don't like to worry them in that sense and i also like to have fun like i know who i'm going with and like mm -hmm. i know who's bringing me back and so like i'm i'm pretty secure about it but i know that they don't know those people mm -hmm. so they're gonna blow up my phone and yeah. i'm like respectfully i got into the point where i was like oh yeah i did this two days ago and i went out uh with my friends to my favorite uh country place and i was like you went there and i was like yeah she's like oh that's cool <laughs> like i didn't tell her about it i was just like respectfully yeah. like i just want to enjoy it. like i know i know how to take care of myself and i know not to talk to strangers mm -hmm. so i'm just like i will be back safe yeah yeah i i think that's on the topic of like quote-unquote being a little rebellious because <laughs> it's like also like you are you know kind of an adult now so it's not that you're being rebellious it's just that it's your life but they may see it like that that you're like rebelling and you're not telling them everything but at the end of the day it is your life and like you said you know how to be safe um and you know what to do um and it's also fun once you get to do things your parents said you couldn't do um and like just being able to like do them on your own without you know, having to either rely on them for a ride or, like, them stopping you from doing it, like, saying no. Um, so, yeah. Oh, you put in your finger <laughs> <laughs> Um, It's, like, putting the rebellious thing. I wrote it down. And I was, like, because, like, I want to get tattoo. I want to get more piercings. I want to pierce on my face, you know? And, like, I feel like they just think of me as just, oh, my God, she's making a statement. She's trying to, like, blah, 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 blah making a whole ordeal about doing this and this but it's like no i think it looks cool like yeah. i just think it's cool that's all i want to do you know and it's like it's hard to do that and then like another thing is like my mom's been pointing out how i've been looking more masculine mm -hmm. but like in my eyes i'm like i'm just being more comfortable with myself and mm -hmm. but like she says it very negatively and it's like yeah. when do i actually start the process of trying to transition mm -hmm. without it without them like stopping me you know so it's like kind of hard to navigate when's the right time to start doing things without worrying about how they react you know yeah just gonna ask you what type of like what like what type of piercings do you want because ah. <laughs> like if i'm gonna be pierced, it's like, do it right now when yeah it's a serious job right that's true yeah and on the topic of tattoos i only have my one and only ghost tattoo but that caused like uh, like chaos on my house because so I got it during spring break of 2022. It was just on a whim. Like my other friends had tattoos and like two of us didn't. And we're like, like, we're already here. Like might as well. <laughs> and it was in South Padres. So it was like cheaper than, you know, if you get it like here. Um, and I was so nervous, like because we drove over there I was so nervous on the drive back and like I didn't show my mom until the next day and she was just in disbelief like she was like no that's a that's one of those that you can like take off right <laughs> and I was like no it's real 
and then she was just like she was just in this belief at first that i went out and did that and then like a few weeks later she had like a very serious talk with me not like she wasn't mad like she didn't talk to me like in a mad tone but it was more like a disappointed one like oh we're disappointed that you went out and got that without telling us first and i'm like well if i told you first you would have said no (laughs) so so why would i tell you um so then she just said how she would rather me wait until i moved out um to get more tattoos so that's part of the reason why i haven't gotten another one and also because i they are expensive and i don't have 300 dollars to splurge on one but yeah it's like a little cute tattoo. It's like I know. <laughs> and it's it's on brand for spooky season. So, yeah. Um, I want to get a tattoo. And my mom used to be like, hey, like, move out. before, And then you can get one. But now she's like, oh, like, you can get one. Like, just, like, obviously, like, have it be tasteful. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's something I've always agreed with. Like, I'm not, like, I, I don't, in my opinion, like, I'm not going to get a big tattoo mm-hmm. or, like, something that i know will look bad in like 50 years because like i just like that's not me yeah and like i want a tattoo and just kind of i don't know like getting something small to start out with mm-hmm. but like now it's gotten to a point where i'm like hey like i asked my friend about tattoo shops and like she won't say no and she'll mm-hmm. just be like oh like that sounds cool and she's like what do you think of getting and i'm like this and that but i want it to be meaningful yeah, just, like knowing that she'll be behind it, mm-hmm. and the main reason I don't do it is just because like I don't got three hundred dollars to spend. Yeah, like, I don't got three hundred dollars. Yeah. My first tattoo was a stick and poke that I got on my ankle at sixteen, <laughs> and I was able to hide it very well for three months <laughs> until my parents saw it, and that was eventful. <laughs> but and then after that, I had gotten my septum piercing. I don't have mm. it anymore. Um, but I also got that at 16, which I was actually able to hide successfully until oh. 18. <laughs> oh. I just flipped it up mm. and for like, what, two years worked. And, but I don't have it anymore because I just don't like it anymore. You never but, forgot to like flip it when you got home? <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to flip it many times, but my dad is blind as a bat, so he never <laughs> saw. But, and... At 18, I got another tattoo, but it's a mm. memorial tattoo, which my parents approved of. Oh, so. that's cute. It's funny how they say, like, you can get one when you move out. Because it's like, why? Like, what makes a difference? I guess it's like out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And, I don't and know. I think they see it as, like, you're not disobeying their rules because you're not under the house anymore. Like, my rules, yeah. my rules. So they're like, I can't really control your out there, you know. That's true. Yeah. Um okay um so i believe that's all we have for today's episode if you guys resonated with anything that we talk about i encourage everyone to make an appointment with caps also the academic success center has academic coaching available for uta students as well as trio um i recommend everyone to look into it it as the topic today was adulting i feel like all those resources would really help you and your adulting journey um but yeah thank you for listening and we'll see you at the next episode bye bye <laughs>